Hi, everyone. I'm Lori, and welcome back to Chillin' with Ice, and this is where legends live on. Today's guest has a story that you do not want to miss. He went from a sixth grade teacher into the WWE. He wrestled people like The Rock, Triple H, and The Undertaker. So don't go anywhere because this man is amazing to talk to. I'm so excited. He went by the name of Maven. So he actually hung up his sixth grade teaching attire to put on a very small, little, tiny shorts that said Maven on the side. And I will say this, that if my sixth grade teacher looked the way that he did, my life might have went in a whole different direction. Because I think even today, looking at him back then, I still have a little crush on this man. So don't get any, don't go anywhere because we have a great story and a great podcast for you today because this is Maven Hoffman. And let's dive into it. Maven, how are you? That's the best intro I've ever heard. <laughs> Mixed with a little bit of a complisult. Are you familiar with what a complisult is? Enlighten me. A complisult is a compliment mixed with an insult in the end. <laughs> it's kind of like a backhanded, yeah, you know, compliment. Yeah. So, so when you when you say he looks great back then. <laughs> no, back, see, that's what, that's what I meant. You still look amazing. I mean God bless you. God but bless you. I, I'm going to play that every morning when I wake up just to kickstart my day. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to be on. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. So, God. I mean, let's get how, I mean, let's tell my listeners how you went from a sixth grade teacher into the WWE. And my first question before you tell that story is, did you always want to become a wrestler? Yeah. And the funny thing is, I went to my first uh, wrestling show at, at like seven or eight years old. So I was always a fan. I was the the kid that was staying up till all hours of the night watching. I loved wrestling. And but how do you become a wrestler? Like that's like asking someone, how, how do you become an astronaut? Yeah. Who the hell knows? So I went through, played sports my entire life. I was very competitive, you know, got, you know, got through a baseball career in college, which got me the teaching job. I was a high school coach, but I still had that, that slight competitive itch. And I was, Lori, I was literally, you know, my, in my second year of teaching, loved it, loved the kids. And it's one of the biggest tragedies in America that teachers don't make them, the, you know, they make the money that they made. I made yeah. 29,000 per year. And teaching, and, and teaching our, our young kids to grow up. And yet that's the salary they make. I know it's super sad. It's a tragedy. And I, I just could never foresee how I could buy a home, how I could, you know, one day have a family or anything. And I always had that, that, that dream of being a wrestler. I was literally watching raw Monday night raw. Um, one night and I heard the announcer say, have you ever wanted to be a wrestler? And I was like, yes. And <laughs> he's like, he's talking I mean, to sure me. Getting, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're getting into the, the, to the whole tough enough aspect, but it was literally in, you know, in the days before reality television had taken over back when you didn't make shit yeah. for being on reality TV. And, but I, I took a gamble and I literally flew out to New York thinking nothing's going to come of this. And within a week, you know, quit my job, sold my car and, you know, um, canceled the lease on my apartment. So okay. I was all, all in. 
So there was there was an uh, so basically they said they created like a reality show and it was called Tough Enough. And how many how many guys were there and how many girls were there? I want us. I think they got and oh god, I, we're gonna get. I, that's one yeah, thing I noticed about. I well, I, I've noticed that if you if you get a couple numbers wrong, the comment sections just Whatever. lights up. Whatever. Give me a guess. I think, I think estimate. Like 30, I think like thirty five thousand like tapes got sent in. Wow. I'm being one of them. And yeah. And when 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 we went to New York, there were like probably one hundred and fifty people there auditioning. Mm-hmm. So from that thirty five thousand, they went, whittled it down to. You know, maybe 150, and I was—I still remember—I I was number 59. I had never been to New York. I was there for my first time. But again, I'm thinking to myself: at this point, I still had my teaching job. I'm thinking, man, there's no way they're going to pick me. Like, look, listen to this accent, and it was worse back then. <laughs> and I was like, "There's no, yeah, they—they they don't want no country little rock." <laughs> yeah. But I, so, I, literally, they pulled me aside. And here's what's funny about it: they pulled pulled me aside on day two and they said, do you want to be a wrestler or do you just want to be on TV? And I'm like, huh? And they were like, yeah, they were like, listen, they were like, you're great. We'll put, we would love to have you either on the next season of the real world or road rules. If you mm. remember that show with the, yep, I remember them both. And I probably should have went that direction. <laughs> no way no 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 well, no I mean, looking at what the hey looking at what these guys make for reality shows now Goodness gracious. But yeah. listen, I followed my heart and within a week I was I flew out to to Stanford. It was a the tough enough was a 9 week course. But oh. with everything, with quitting my job, with everything, I knew I knew I wouldn't quit. Mm-hmm. And here's why that's funny. 13 people were in tough enough, 8 quit. Why? Like, can you imagine? Why? Because it was oh, cuz it was hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was hard. What did they expect? Exactly. Bingo. Exactly. I mean, I knew it was going to be. All they had to do was watch the matches. You yes. Know? Yes. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I, I could never understand it. And I mean, I'm talking like quit within like a week. Wow. Like they, they, they flew out there and were like, and you know, had a little bit of pain, and then they were like, yeah, I, yeah, this, this ain't what this ain't what my body signed up for. Which hey. you know. Taking what, like, look, like you think of all the pain you've been through. And, <laughs> yeah. if, like, I know, like, a little bit of me is sick and twisted because, like, I kind of feed on the pain a little bit. Like, I enjoy, like, seeing what I can put myself through. Okay. So that's the competitive edge that you have that puts you where you went to. I mean, most people don't have that. Like you just said, eight of them quit. Okay, yeah. so you had that competitiveness in you. And even like when you were playing baseball and you said that, you know, you were a teacher and that you knew that you weren't done. So that's what took you from 3,500 contestants down to 150, down to winning the entire thing. Yeah. It's because you have that competitive edge. You wanted it and you knew what it had to take, what, what it took to get there, you know. So And keep going. <laughs> Am I feeding your ego enough? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, this interview could take four hours. You keep talking like that. No, nah, you're but you're you're right, and I and it probably come from 
my like I I literally grew up I grew up in the sticks. I grew up in if you walked in my out of my back door, like there was nothing for 20 miles but woods. Mm. So I just always like I, I grew up hunting and fishing. Like I know I don't look it, but I'm the biggest country boy you've ever seen. And it just but I always I had older brothers that would always I like I was always like wanting to drive to be better than them, whether it be sports or just toughness or whatever. So so when you were playing baseball and before you went into tough enough, did you have the body already that uh, I mean, no? Well, uh, OK. All right. You, but, you had I to mean, have I, the structure. You had to have the basics. I I had a long, lanky uh, frame. I was six. I, I was I, I still remember I graduated high school, six to 170, graduated college, six to 205. Mm-hmm. So I had the I had like the the yeah, I had the, the structure. And what were you but, wrestling at? What was your weight? At two, like 245. <laughs> OK, good. Yeah, you had to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's because when I got there, they literally pulled me aside. You, you'll love you'll love this. They pulled me aside and they said, yeah, maybe we want you to talk to some of the boys about that creatine they're on. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, I, said, uh-huh. I went, am I hearing what I think I'm hearing? They went, yeah. Wow. So there was my marching orders and I was ecstatic to do it. Ecstatic. And I, my body reacted pretty damn quick. Like I oh, put sure. size on fast. So tell me what the moment was like when they actually called you aside and said, you won the show, you're now going to be on WWE. It was the, the night that I won the show. It's funny because I've went back and looked at it and I remember it vividly. I don't remember anything about that night other than this one thing. I remember they, them calling my name. I remember I knew they were going to call my name. Like I knew I was winning. Yeah. And I, that for that split second, I just remember thinking your life's never going to be what it was Mm-mm. in some way. It's going to be different for, from this point. Like we all have those points in life where like there's before, for this and after this. And mm-hmm. that was, that was one of those moments. And it truly hasn't been for good and for bad, of but it, going back, I mean, there's nothing I would change. I would do it all over again. I know everybody wants to know this, but what was it like being in the ring with the rock, being in the ring with triple H being in the ring with the undertaker? I mean, all these names are yeah. just like, I mean, come on. These are like legends and wrestling household names. Yeah. yeah. Household names. So the, the funniest being in the ring with him was one thing, but the very first voicemail the Rock left me, I think I saved. You still have it? No, <laughs> no, had it for like six or seven phones. <laughs> I, like I would make sure it would get like transferred over. Yeah, and I've lost it. I've lost it now, but. <laughs> Like, it's just, I mean, I went from, um, you know, getting in the ring with them, but like eight months prior to that, I was in teaching in a sixth grade class and I had billboards of these guys up on my wall. Like, so it's just mind boggling. Super surreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. And I still, to this day at 47, I still, I still can't believe it. Like every now and then I'm like, you've done some pretty cool stuff. You've done some shit cool stuff. I mean, come on. I mean, from that, uh, you know, did you have to practice with The Rock in order to do that match? No. Did they just throw you in and say, here you go? 
Yeah. Well, because that's because we, all right, we would practice like if we had like a big move or so, like mm-hmm. if there was one big like flip or whatever, we would practice that. But right. like to practice the whole match. Nah. But these guys are such professionals. And I remember for the longest time, that's what like terrified me. Stone Cold told us, you know, during Tough Enough, he said, they don't pay me to wrestle. They pay me to travel. And I couldn't understand that for the longest time. And I still remember when my my world flipped. And I and then it went from they didn't pay me to wrestle, they paid me to travel. Mm-hmm. Because I would get so nervous about the matches because I just didn't want to, I didn't want to mess up. Mm-hmm. But eventually you just get you get to the point to where it's second nature and it's almost muscle memory. And you know how to listen to the crowd. Because every all a wrestling match is is a good guy versus a bad guy and you're listening for crowd reaction. That's it. Now and did once you, you figure that out, yeah. Did you build your persona or was it already there or did they give it to you? <laughs> no, it, it, it was there. Like I'm and and I right, in wrestling you have good guys, baby faces or bad guys heels. Mm-hmm. And I'm I like I'm such I'm a great bad guy. I like bet I'm, you I'm, are. I'm, I'm fantastic. Yeah. I remember we we would go, and this was years. This was like twenty years ago. So it was like the business wasn't as PG as it is now. Mm-hmm. But I remember at shows like my music would hit, and I'd come out. And these were non televised shows because we so we had a little bit more freedom. And I would be walking to the ring and just arrogant, and and I would see like a guy and with his girlfriend, and I would walk over to. Can I cuss on this? Yes. <laughs> I would walk over to him and I would get like three feet from him. And I would look at her. I would smile and I'd look back at him and I'd be like, how you feel knowing she's going to be thinking of you when she's thinking of me when she's fucking you later <laughs> <laughs> and just walk away. Oh, God. Dude, I bet the, the crowd went crazy. Oh, it was the best. And so my person, I like and playing in, you know, playing sports. You know, we're always talking shit on each other. Oh, so yeah. that's the one aspect that came pretty you know, second nature. Right. You know, you just you brought up a good point just now. I, I, I wonder this and maybe somebody in the comments could could put this out there. But do they still allow kids now to like taunt one another? You know, because everybody's so like, you know, we yeah, got to be on an equal playing not. field and don't bully no. and don't say this. But remember in sports, when we were kids, it's just like we were taunting the shit out of each other, Absolutely. you know? And so about now. One, to, and that's one thing that I think that as a society, like that toughness that we've lost, mm-hmm. like, like I remember growing up and, like we've gotten to a point where, and I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but I, I think shame's a good thing. I think <laughs> losing's a good thing. I yeah. think that helps you find out about yourself. No, that and puts the fire a, inside you. Yes. And it tells you where you need to alter about face and do something mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. And now we've gotten to a, a point where we just congratulate everyone on everything they do. Oh, you like to fuck chickens? That's great. Let's, let's, <laughs> there's a group for you somewhere. Nah, nah, buddy. That's different. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> You're funny, man. <laughs> so how long but were you? Tell me about, okay, so how long was your career in WWE? So it's weird. My career was about, uh, with training and everything, around, around about five years. Okay. But my, yeah, but my wrestling career actually took off after that on the uh, indies and just doing, like, that's when I, I really developed, uh, like, the, the persona that I had. Because mm-hmm. after, after wrestling, I did the surreal life. And <gasps> that was, 
So you went, you went reality shows then. Yeah. uh, Like, yeah. You had a big old smile on your face. Yeah, I did. I did. (laughs) Well, listen. All right. So they called me, woke me up from a nap. And it was was like three weeks after I got fired from the WWE. And they were like, you want to do this in real life? Because they were in a bind. Mm -hmm. It was when right before Bret Hart uh, started doing Bret Rock of Love or whatever. And but he I, I think he was supposed to be on the surreal life with Cece DeVille. But I heard those two didn't like each other. So Brett pulled out and they like they were like a week away from shooting and they needed somebody. And I was like, nah, that's the has been show. I don't want to do that. And then they were like, well, we'll pay you X amount of dollars. And I was like, I'm packing. I'll be there. I'm asking. I'll be there. I'm asking why they pay you. 50 G. 50k nice. for uh 10 days film, film me 10 days holy shit dude yeah i i got <laughs> let's put this in perspective i got paid i want to say fifteen thousand dollars at the very beginning of gladiators for 21 shows amazing amazing Doesn't they that actually suck? Took, they, it's it's and watching the you know the the netflix show the money that you guys didn't make has oh, yeah. it boggles my mind. I but yeah, know. no, they actually they took they took taxes out of that, and I think they sent me home with a thirty-one thousand dollar check. Damn. Yeah. Okay, so For let's 10 go. Days. I, I know. Stop rubbing it in. Um, <laughs> let's go. Let's go back a little bit. When when you got let go from WWE, I mean, take me through that time just for a moment. I mean, how were your emotions? What was going through your mind? I mean, what was happening? Yeah, it was, man, I got fired. I literally landed from a show and was going home for my two-day routine, just like every other week. And I got the call on my drive home. And I still remember pulling into my garage and just keeping my head down and just, I think probably an hour. And it felt so felt like my identity had left me Mm -hmm. because up until then I got used to and I enjoyed and I loved the fact that people would introduce me as Maven the wrestler. Mm -hmm. Like I I, everywhere I went, oh, this is Maven, that wrestler I was telling you about, you know, and I mean, I fed off that. I loved it. Mm -hmm. And then to think that that's that's now gone. Like, what am I going to be? And I'm not going to lie. It took a while to you know to let that hurt actually be okay with you know the fact that you're more than what what they thought you were now it's time to just pick up and move on keep moving i don't think a lot of people understand i mean the severity of what we go through and i'm gonna say we because i was in the same exact position anybody that's in the limelight longer than uh, let's just go two years you know anything longer than two years you do. You get used to that audience. You get used to, you know, the lifestyle. You get used to those kind of things. And when it's pulled away from you like that, it's yeah. like I don't think people understand the depression, the emotional state you go through and how you have to pull your ass up out of the gutter for a moment and go, all right, like you said, this I'm more than this, Yeah. you know, yeah. and I need to move on and do something else. And that's the key right there. To me, I, it's just Winston Churchill has my favorite quote of all time. And that is when you're going through hell, keep going. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was just keep moving, keep trying to do something. And and it might not be what exactly I thought it was going to be, but maybe it could be something else. 
Mm-hmm. And just, I, yeah, it was tough though. It like I literally, I loved being Maven the wrestler, and I just didn't. I, I mean, I got to the point where I was embarrassed to go places because I knew people had read the internet and knew I gotten fired. Mm-hmm. And I just like I, I'd be, I'd be out place. I'd be like, wow, they're talking about me, and they probably weren't. You know, <laughs> like, now, they're did- ordering their big. They're he, ordering their Big Mac. They don't give a shit about you. <laughs> as you were in line to McDonald's. Um, <laughs> now, did they give you a reason why they fired you? I mean, they told me it was because I wasn't progressing at the level that they that that they had foresaw. But it was just every now and then in wrestling, they'll have like like dark black days where they'll just fire half the roster. Wow. And and this was one of those days they like I mean, they had pro- they probably fired 30 people on that day. Damn. So, Damn. yeah, a buddy of mine got fired two times in that company for for steroid use. I mean, <laughs> and then they like, brought him back. But now yeah, on your yeah. <laughs> on your YouTube um, channel, you have a video that says they actually asked you back and you refused. Yeah. Tell me about I that did. a little bit. So, uh, they, you know, like I said, keep moving, move forward, find something that maybe you hadn't thought about, but maybe it fits you a little bit better. So in the three years from the time that they fired me, I found that I really, I don't even know if I like, want to say I like hosting. I just like entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I found that that I, I, I'm a decent host and I'm pretty quick with it and and that hosting somehow went from to BET which I mean I'm I I, I don't have a clue what I am like I have no clue but <laughs> BET thought I was, I was black so sure I'll take it the checks <laughs> checks cleared checks cleared so I'm fine with it and then so that fun. led to the home shopping network what and what were yeah, you selling the home- there <laughs> I can only imagine Every- everything i literally i literally there was a christmas eve when since i was low man on the totem pole everybody wanted to leave and get out of there so they made me sell women's luggage for like four (laughs) hours on christmas christmas eve so i'm talking about like the telescopic handle on this flowery luggage and how you imagine yourself walking through the airport with it oh you're fine so (laughs) so so here's my here's my reasoning behind not going back when they offered me to come back when, well, back up a little bit. When they fired me in 05, I had just signed three months prior. I had just signed a three-year contract extension mm. and they fired me three months after that. So fast forward to when I get the job with HSN, it's a six-figure contract. I'm working, count them, two days a week. And those two days I'm only on for at the most two hours a day. Like, I'm like, I can't go back to WWE because what if I get back there and they're like, ah, this is why we fired this asshole. He still sucks. Get out of here. You're back. You're gone. Then what? I can't go back to HSN and say I was kidding. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I had to stick with it and I'll tell everybody HSN to this day. That's the best job I ever had. That's so cool. It was the best job. I literally, I literally had one day where I would leave my house at three 30 in the morning. I would get there. I would go on at five. I'd be off air by five thirty, and I'd be back at my house by six a.m. Work day. <laughs> what's the craziest <laughs> thing you? What's the what is the craziest thing you ever sold on Home Shopping Network? And, and I tell you this, knowing damn well you can find it on YouTube, and I'll send it to you later. The clip of it: a uh, cat litter box. 
and automatic cat litter box. And so when what a lot of people don't realize is when you're like a lot of the times when you're demoing products, you have to demo the stuff yourself. Like I learned a valuable lesson. I had to sell a, uh, a, a sprayer like for, for your outside, like for your hose. And to, in order to spray, you have to show that it'll clean something up. So I'm actually like getting potting soil and r- rubbing potting soil on stones. Well, potting soil is hard to get off. That's when I learned you, you use coffee grounds. Right. You could literally spit on coffee and it'll look like it cleaned it up. But so to demo the cat litter box, I had to, and you know, had to look like number one and number two. <laughs> so I got kielbasa sausages and cut kielbasa and put them in there. Afterwards, my producer's oh my like, Maven, please don't use, please don't use food that we all eat and love <laughs> to resemble poop. I thought you were going like, to say I brought my cat in and like put him in the box and said, go. <laughs> right now, buddy, go. And it, yeah. Hey, we sold the damn thing out. That's all I know. That's we amazing. sold the thing out. So you yeah. worked for there for three years, and then I, I, was, mean, at, I was at HSN. I was at HSN for from 08 to 2012. Oh wow, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I wish I. I so wish I'd have turned on late night or early morning for that fact and watched you. I would have. I mean, come on. How could a face like that, a body? Obviously, you kept your body in shape. I mean, come on, these women loved you. And you know oh. they were tuning on, tuning in just to see you. <laughs> it, it, it rounded into where I finally became, like, like, like the reason I stayed there for so long is eventually I became the NFL guy. Mm-hmm. So once I got that gig, then that was my, my niche and it worked. But I would have, yeah, I'd have these women calling in and, and everything and. Yeah, they love I'd be, I'd be sitting, you. I'd be sitting there with a with a NFL blanket on wrapped around me. I'd be all oh, Susan. That sounds so sweet. Thank you. So Get cute. another one. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. There have been some times in my life where I had more questions than answers. When the American Gladiators ended, for example, I was heartbroken, and for a short time, felt confused and very unsure of who I was. At that time, I decided to seek some help. And I'm so glad I did. It validated for me what I was feeling and just having someone to talk to made all the difference in the world. Look, if you're struggling or just have some unanswered questions like I did, please know you're not alone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. Become your own soulmate whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash ice today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ice. Tell me how you're keeping your body in shape today. I mean, because obviously back then you were just, you were, you know, big, ripped, awesome. You're still big, ripped, and awesome. <laughs> Well, <laughs> You're going to be uh, like, there's that backhanded compliment again. <laughs> I, I will. Uh, uh, yeah, there's the compliment. I will let the uh, no, I'm going to I'm going to take that compliment. But I, what I'm doing these days is what I neglected years ago. And because back, you know, when you're young, you just want to be jacked and, and just as yeah. big as possible. Yeah. I never really cared how strong I was. I, I always said I had show muscles mm-hmm. like, you know, oh and, my God, that was my thing. Wanted, yeah, I wanted to look good. Yeah. I was like, they don't work. Yeah. People were like, can you help me move? And I was like, move. These things don't work. They're for show. 
I, they've never asked me to bench press on on WWE television. Then they never will. Right. Uh, what the fuck do I care? So, but what I did neglect was stretching. Mm. So these days I do every night. And as soon as we get off this, I will, I do every night. I do an hour stretching routine and I mix some, you know, some strength training stuff in with it. Um, yeah, it's, it's like the old back and neck are, you know, they don't hurt as, I mean, they hurt pretty bad. So to do heavy weights and everything anymore. Yeah, not not happening. I've yeah, got a little circuit I do around my house. I was gonna say you're still training though, because you still look amazing. I I mean that that'll be with me forever. Yeah. Like yeah. if I if I don't do something to for my body, like I when I was you know going back to when we were talking about I, the one thing I loved when I was growing up was watching the wrestlers or watching the gladiators and just thinking these are real these are real life superheroes mm-hmm. and i just always wanted to emulate that look so i had it in me to want to get that physique early on mm-hmm. and that's never that's never gonna leave you know might get more difficult it, as the as the hand click ticks by but. it does <laughs> a little bit as we get older it's like it's yeah. it's the it's the recovery time that gets like longer you know absolutely pulling yourself out of bed in the morning i mean did that's you what, that's what does it for me I was just going to say, did you get any really serious injuries while you were doing the, um, while wrestling? Serious as far as like, like, like I had eight surgeries, nothing super serious. Wait, uh, eight surgeries? Just, yeah. I had my, I had my elbow operated on and my orthopedic to save time operated on my knee the same day. Oh my just God. to save time. <laughs> what else did I you have? have? What other surgeries? Shoulder. I have separated this shoulder because uh, in wrestling, you don't tell people when you're hurt. So I dislocated my shoulder, never told anybody. And then, you know, once you do it once and mm-hmm. you don't let it heal, it will pop out all the time. Yep. So let me let me move down. So I shoulder um, had neck surgery in 09. I had knee, ankle, and I've had to have a couple fingers put back together. Damn. How's it, how are you from your neck surgery? Because actually one of my gladiator girls, Dallas, just had neck surgery, uh, but it wasn't from the gladiators. It was actually from an auto accident. But how long did it take you to recover from your neck surgery? About six months to feel comfortable with training like full again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I'm talking, you know, probably two months of every, like, like literally having to still move like this to turn my head. Was it a herniated and, disc? Yeah, they, it was just, yeah, they went right in, right in through here. Mm-hmm. And the guy told me, he was like, as, and it, I was like, I don't know if he was trying to make me feel better. He's like, but, but you, you have the best possible, you know, situation you could have. Mm-hmm. He was like, your surgery is as easy as it gets for me, which made me feel good. You know? Well, that's a positive. I told him, I was like, I was like, well, that don't mean go out and get hammered the night before. Yeah. You know, still, still try. Right. Exactly. But yeah. So, and you just mentioned it about getting out of bed in the morning for me. Like I literally, when I get up every morning, like, but my girl looks at me, she's like, you look like you were in a car wreck every day, like for 20 minutes. (laughs) I'm like hunched over and like walking like I'm 800. I'm laughing with you. Yeah, eventually it loosens up and yeah. I stand upright and everything and can muster up the courage to take the dogs out. But it takes a while. So yeah. 
Tell me about now you have this amazing, amazing, yes, YouTube channel that is oh, just you. blowing up. And I mean, you're in an arena with so many other wrestlers that have YouTube channels and everything, but you have seemed to master this to where they're nice short videos, but yet they're so informative. They're funny. They're to the point <laughs> and people love watching them. You know, so when did this all of a sudden kind of go, okay, this is my next thing. This is what I'm going to do. Well, uh, you act like I did this on purpose and that <laughs> nothing could be further from the truth. I have a real job. I work on Wall Street. I work for a capital company and I was content with letting my life, you know, I finally got a, I, it's funny. I tell people, I, it took me till I was 40 to get a big boy job, but I finally did and like, you know, you mm -hmm. know health insurance and all that stuff that you do is... <laughs> Yeah, when as you're an, an adult. adult. <laughs> yeah, when you're an adult. And I'm not there yet. <laughs> then about about literally about eight months ago, I get hit up from this 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 kid. And out of the blue, he sends me a LinkedIn message and he says, I do, you know, I, I run a few other channels. He told me the amount of money he makes off those channels. He was like, I make 35K, you know, on my other channels. And that woke me up. Yeah. And he was like, I would love to do a channel with you. So at that point, then I started looking into it and like, you know, what is it that makes Mr. B successful? Why are, why do, why is dude perfect? Why do they get, you know, millions of views on every video they put out? And what I noticed, and you mentioned it, is what I think a lot of the other wrestlers fail at. They want to, you know, they want to do, you know, long videos that stand, mm. talk about stuff that interests them. When what I found is talk about stuff that interests the, the viewers mm -hmm. and short bite size, you know, eight minutes to 20 minutes, mm -hmm. you know, something that people can, can, you know, digest yeah. quickly. You're not asking for too much of their time. And, but then again, no, but I like, like I thought, okay, it, they, people might like it, but I didn't think it was going to, like 240,000 subscribers like it. Like that's, yeah. I think it's like 243 now. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> <it>? <laughs> look at you. I, like, I don't I even look anymore. <laughs> well, I don't. Yeah. Like, like I, it's weird. Like I don't go on it as much as people might think. Like I, I go on it to maybe answer some of the comments or Zach will send me some of the comments and be like, Hey, this is a good one. React to this one. Yeah. But it, like if I'm on it all day, I, I just, it's just, it's one of those things that, diminishing returns because yeah, i'll see someone on there that'll be like like one of the things is well, like people on there they say they swear i wear makeup and i'm like i would fucking tell you if i wore makeup yeah like i like i, I like i if anybody can laugh at themselves in life it's me yeah like i promise you that and if i was on there all day i'd be just fuck you i do not you know so it's because your eyebrows are perfect <laughs> Most guys don't give a shit about their eyebrows. Okay, let's be real. Oh, they look okay. like caterpillars that go across their foreheads. They don't care. And yes. you have perfect eyebrows. And that's why probably so many people are like, you wear makeup, dude. That's why. That, that's because when I got there, I did have those eyebrows. I had, like you said, two caterpillars <laughs> racing to my nose. <laughs> And Stephanie McMahon called me and she was like, this she called me into the, like the thing. And she was like, yeah, this ain't happening. <laughs> and she took me and she sat me down in the beautician's chair. They waxed my eyebrows for the first time. And when I got a look at them, 
I was like, oh gosh, like the, where where has this been my whole life? <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, listen, literally, I tell the lady now, make me as pretty as possible. Hey, you make me as pretty as damn possible. It's funny you say that because right when you were telling that story, I thought about the Friends episode with Joey when Joey went and got his eyebrows waxed. And he kept going in and in. And he, yes. he just... and he walked out and they were totally like thin, you know, and he kept dipping. And the first time the first time they waxed the one, he actually like jumped up out of the chair. I could totally see something like that with you. <laughs> I get them threaded now and I I literally sit there and like wince and chins up and it people don't realize how much that hurts oh my god it's a it's a commitment it It is a commitment yeah but i mean if i'm gonna if i'm gonna try to you know do these videos and stuff i still have to try to look presentable Oh, you're a pretty boy. Come on. <laughs> it's funny. I tell the story every once in a while of when I was doing Gladiators and I was um, I was at one of the hotels and I'll never forget this. And it was in New York and it was around um, uh, whatchamacallit, the park, you know, um, Grand Central? Yes, thank you. And I'm sitting in this beautiful hotel and it had this gorgeous bathroom and and it had a like this vanity area that was really thick. So I jump up on that vanity area and I cross my legs and I'm like, you know, two inches from the mirror and I'm plucking my eyebrows. Right. And I keep going and I keep going. And all of a sudden I stand back and I'm like, oh, shit. Uh oh. <laughs> and I plucked him so thin that I, because I was just going, you know? And I was just like on a roll. And I'm like, I just stood back and went, uh oh, I'm screwed. I'll never forget that. And it was just like one of those moments that you just go, what did I do to myself? <laughs> yeah, I got to the point to where I thought I could like, like do him with a, with a razor, with the oh, same no, razor no, I shaved no, my no, head no. with. No, no. And, and I hacked one of them off, like like Joey, half of it. And then I'm like, oh, shit. And then <laughs> it takes a while for them to grow back. Yeah, they do. And let me give you something else. The older you get, they start getting a little bit more thin. They take forever to grow back in. And sometimes they just don't. <laughs> yeah. and, I've, and I've noticed I'll get wild long ones. Yeah. Like, it'll be like, I'll be like, how do I have a three inch eyebrow hair? <laughs> like, where'd that thing come from? <laughs> See, Maven. see, Maven, if more guys took more time with their eyebrows and their nose hairs and everything else. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, look so at that. I, I occasionally do interviews at work and I had a guy one time and I was interviewing and he had nose hair sticking out. He and did it's all not. I could focus. I have no to this day. I have no idea what, uh, what he said in the interview. <laughs> so that's all I was focused on. Oh, my God. That's too funny. So you have a job on Wall Street. You're in the financial yeah. industry. You're doing your YouTube. Tell me what else you're doing right now. Well, I do a little bit of wrestling on the side, like like you. I do conventions and stuff, uh, you know, try to make a little bit of money. It still boggles my mind that anybody wants to pay money to meet me. But as long as there are enough suckers out there to do that, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm a big enough sucker to sit and sign my name but i actually enjoy that like i love it i like i enjoy i'll tell people like all the time as when they book me i'll be like here you can book guys that are way bigger stars here's what i promise i promise you won't book anybody that is better with the fans than me i'll guarantee you that so are you doing comic cons you know what i've never done a comic con ever 
It's the, I mean, oh do God. wrestlers do Comic-Cons? Are you kidding? I, I was just in New Mexico. I met Kevin right. Nash, Redbeard, um, Trish. Um, my God, her last name just. Stratus. Yes, Stratus. Stratus. Um, every Comic-Con I'm at, there are a ton of wrestlers that have yeah. retired, you know, yeah. that, and they're not active and they're there. They're signing and they're I mean, their lines are long. I would do them. I would do them on a heartbeat. Yeah. I'm going to introduce I'm you always, to my guy. Please do. I am. I've always been, I've always been, um, you know, just like there was a wrestler named Hurricane mm-hmm. and I've always been a little bit envious because I'm like, that's the great, cause he was his, it was a superhero gimmick. I'm like, yeah. and he does, he cleans up at Comic-Cons. I was oh, like, you, like, what you'd do gimmick. amazing there. You'd be amazing there. So what else do I mean, you want to do coming forward? What else is there going to. As crazy as it sounds, like I'm the most boring human being on earth. I don't think so. Like you want to, do you want to know what a, a, a wonderful night for me is? Probably the same as ordering, mine. <laughs> ordering food. I don't have to like make and sitting around and watching a movie that I've been dying to see. Yep. That's heaven to me. I know that literally is, is my heaven. Yeah. I'm very boring. I still go to the movies. Like I, I like, and I'll go by myself if I have to. Yeah, I'm a big movie guy. I'm a big hey, movie guy. I know uh, we're getting short on time, but yet some of those YouTube videos I watched and I'm just going to name a few and you can comment okay. on some of them. A, you okay. got arrested. Uh, <laughs> I like that one, by the way, you got arrested. The other one was how much money did we really make? The next one that I watched was this wrestler's court thing. Yeah. Never heard of wrestlers court in my life. I don't even, see, is it still going? That's why we did it. Yeah, of course. Of course. That's, we see, that's why we did it. Okay. With the, when I get it, when I get the comment that says, I've never heard of this and I'm so happy that you introduced me to this, that makes me so happy. I love those comments more than anything. Or the person that says, I'm not a wrestling fan, but I love your channel. Mm-hmm. Like that's the best compliment anyone can give me. I'm going to give you that compliment right now because I'm not a wrestling fan and I love your YouTube video. Oh, thank you so much. They're entertaining. They're to the point, like you said, but I want to know why you got arrested because I didn't watch the whole video. (laughs) So I, yeah, and, and it's not something that I, that I shy away from. And I'll tell you, in fact, why I did the video there. If you, if you look and I've, I'm actually glad that YouTube is taking it off the front page, but in 2012, I mean, this is, I'm looking at a couple years after all my surgeries, I had a pretty bad painkiller addiction. Like I'm talking, you know, 40 to 50 pills a day bad. And, wow. but my, my issue wasn't like, I, Hey, I had the money. So it wasn't money. Right. You know, I was, and it wasn't that I wasn't functional. I, I could function all day on them. Isn't it that was crazy? That, yeah, it's just that it was the wild west of painkillers. It's kind of wrapped wrapping up. Mm-hmm. Like when I first got into them, I mean, it was nothing. I would literally go into a doctor's office, show them my MRI, and he would go like this: "What do you want?" And then write me whatever I wanted. Well, man, come fast forward to 2012, you know, they weren't doing that as much. Much. And but I still wanted to do that. So I was just going to four different doctors getting the same prescription. Yeah, I'll go to a different doctor every week, get a month's worth and run out by the end of the week. Yeah. What was, was your drug? Bad. What was the painkiller you were uh, addicted to? Percocets. Percocet. Wow. Yeah. I, I was eating 
I was literally eating about 50 a day. Yeah. And and was that what it took to take the pain away or were it, or was it at that point you were just getting high? It was just well, it was kind of kind of a combination of both, mm-hmm. but it eventually it eventually graduated to that was just what it took to just be normal, just to okay. live. Because you get to the point to where when you don't have them, A, you, obviously your body, you know, your body builds up, you know, the, the desire for them. And your body, once you don't have them, will say, okay, where is this drug you've been giving me that you've told me that I need to survive? I need it. Mm-hmm. Don't take it away from me. But it also, it's your mind, too. I had a lot of time on my hands working two days a week. So if I woke up and didn't have anything, I would literally, I would get in my truck, I would pull out of my garage and I would be like, I'm not coming home until I find a doctor that will write me a script. What would happen to you if you don't, if you didn't take them that day? Did your body go through withdrawals? By that night, I would start, I would start feeling sick and then I wouldn't sleep a wink. And then by the next morning, physical withdrawals, like bad physical withdrawals. Yeah. How did you get off of them? Lori, it never, it never got there. I would always find... I could always find so I could talk somebody into it. I bet. But how'd you finally get off of them? What was okay? So that was the breaking point. Is they arrested you? Yeah, yeah, they arrest. And once I because once I got arrested, then all the doctors that I was working knew about it, Mm -hmm. and they were like, "Dude, I can't write you anymore." And and you know what's crazy is I still fucking tried. Oh yeah. Even after after I'd been arrested, and two days later, I'm back at it, Mm -hmm. and I, I. they were like, n- none of the doctors would be willing to write me anything. And I finally went and found a doctor who was like, I won't write you anything. I was like, but I, f- I feel so sick. He's like, but I'll put you on this, uh, this drug withdrawal drug called Suboxone. And I was on that. I literally was on that for probably three years because, and the body, it takes about 72 hours for physical symptoms to get, just get out of your body. Right. After 72 hours, you're not withdrawing anymore. Mm-hmm. You might think you are, but you're not. But the mental, the mental aspect of it, yeah, it took forever. And even to this day, I still admit, if I walk into a pharmacy today, my eyes immediately go back to, <laughs> to, to the farm, and, and it will forever. It's never leaving me. So, so it is. It, yeah. It's a, it's an addiction, you know. Unfortunately, it was, yeah. and it's and it's there. And I unfortunately was was good at it. Like like I could walk into a doctor I'd never seen before, walk in with my MRIs. But my, I got, I got to the point where my MRIs literally they stayed, you know, like the, your your driver's seat, and then you have the packet, the the, the seat pocket behind you. My MRIs stayed in that seat pocket. <laughs> That's how much I'm dead serious. That's how much I was using those films, and I could walk into a doctor's office and they would, yeah, within an hour, they'd be writing me whatever. So, what do you think your life would have been like if you had not been arrested? I mean, I don't think it would have. I think I'd have, I mean, I don't think I, I, your body can only take so much Mm -hmm. at the numbers that I was taking. Yeah. I mean, I think I probably would have died. I mean, eventually. Yeah. I mean, you're, 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 you can only take so much. And it's, it's crazy because I remember when I got my, I have a, I have a tattoo on my lower back and my tattoo artist was doing it. And I remember before he did it, I'm not even joking. He took a, a handful of Vicodin. There must have been at least 20 Vicodin. He just yeah. popped them in his mouth and started chewing them up. Yeah. 
Oh, screw yeah. the, I screw the water. Too. Just chewed him up. And I was like, I looked at him. I was like, what the fuck? And he was like, there's no way that I can actually tattoo you without taking these because of the fact that my lower back is in so much pain. And yeah. I'm thinking, well, there's more to it because you're in 20 of them in your hand at this yeah. point in time, you know, yeah. but it I just used to chew them too. blew my mind. Yeah. I used to do the exact same. I, I would shoot. My record was 25. I did 25 at once. I and was, would function. I, I was very, very lucky when it came to that because during gladiators, yes, my first year I got nerve damage in my left arm. I started taking Vicodin. Um, and of, of course I did my whole first season. You know, I tell people all the time, probably higher than a kite because of the fact that my left arm hurt so bad, but the Vicodin, I mean, I only got up to maybe two, three a day, but what was happening with me is the minute that I came off the Vicodin, I just got this massive headache and all of a sudden I went, you know what? It's not even worth it. Yeah. You know? So you had a reason. Yeah. You had a reason. I had a buddy who watched me take painkillers and he would literally watch, watch me go from, from being just like just normal and then take them and then just being the life of the party. Mm. And he was like, let me, let me try this. I got to see what you're on. And he took two and commenced to puking for the next three hours. And I was thinking to myself, I've always thought to myself, if that would have happened to me the first time I took it, mm -hmm. what all I would have that's you know, it. What everything I would have missed out on, you know, for the good. <laughs> no, for the good. <laughs> yeah. Like I would have like because if I if I would have done if I would have got sick, I would have been like, Yeah, F that. I ain't doing that. Mm -hmm. And it's just weird how we're all wired a little bit different. I remember the first one I took, I was on a flight from New I had I, I had my foot stepped on in the ring and my bone the bone went through my my finger. Mm. And uh, they had to I had to fly to the Yankees hand specialist and he had to surgically put my finger back together. And he wrote me a script for 30 pills. I filled it and then I had to fly back to San Francisco to finish the loop up. And I remember taking my first one. And within five minutes, I was like, this is the best thing ever. And from that moment, it had me. It had me. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's That's a scary it's, it's hey, a scary drug. Like, it's a scary drug. Like, and you're like right though, dad, it is ramping like my, down. Like my dad used to tell me, them's the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> so it is ramping yeah. down though, thank God. You know. Well, it it got to the point to where it just I think people recognize once it got into schools and kids yeah. were were doing it. Like I remember when I was in high school, it like the person who would smoke weed, like that was like the like that was the the like oh man he smokes weed yeah he's like to thug. think now that kids are to think the kids the, what these kids are doing now it just yeah. blows my scary. mind scary it's so scary but, yeah maven yeah. you're you're awesome i absolutely loved sitting here and talking with you i mean i could we're gonna be doing some work together i mean speaking yes, of the YouTube channel <laughs> tease it <laughs> we're gonna do it we're gonna hit that youtube channel i'm gonna do the same with gladiators and my life and what i've done and I can't wait to work with you and Zach on this YouTube channel. It's going to be so much fun. I'm predicting that you are going to blow what I've done away. You're very good at this, by the way. Like Thank the, you. the, like, like it's, and people don't realize it's not easy to interview somebody because you have to, you have to keep it conversational and make 55 minutes go by 
like that. And you're very good at it. And I have a feeling that with your personality and that, and that smile and the stories you have, (laughs) Oh, best, best message I've sent, best message I've ever sent out on Instagram. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. And and I do. I mean, I tell my fans this all the time. I read. I really do. I read all my messages. I do get a shit ton on my Instagram. But like you said, yeah. at nighttime, I'll sit, I'll turn the television on and some, and I'll just start scrolling and answering, you know, and I saw you come across. And and of course, I look at everybody's profile, you know, so I go back and I'm like, holy shit, look who this is. You know, well, I didn't think you were going to think it was me because I don't have the check mark. Because I refuse, I refuse to buy it. I refuse. Oh my god, I'm the same way. I refuse. I was no, the same no way. No, I was like, I Are you going to make me pay for this blue check mark right now? Won't do it. I won't do it. Yeah, it's crazy. And do you I realize I, I cannot get a blue check mark on TikTok? I mean, I've really? sent in all my stuff, who I am, everything. And I think I have like, I don't know, 275,000 followers on TikTok. And yet and they still, still won't give me a blue check. Ridiculous. Stupid. The, listen, Makes the, no sense. The minute, the minute that they monetized it, that, that to me killed what was great about it. Yeah. So I refuse to. Instagram sends me a thing every day about, you know, getting verified. And I'm like, nah, won't yeah. do it. So I didn't think you were going to know it was me. But of course. I was literally I was literally taking a shot in the dark. Because Zach and I, we've talked about I, like what we're doing with me. It can be done with other people, and I saw, I watched. I literally got done watching the the Netflix doc, and I was like, she would be amazing at this. But just yeah, yeah, we are. We crazy? are going to be amazing crazy? at it, and I'm excited. Isn't it? Isn't it crazy how friendships can can happen? Yes, isn't it nuts? It is. I bitch about the internet all the time, but I absolutely love it for this reason right here. Best message I've ever sent out. And where you say you check them on Instagram, I don't. I I have. If you if you open up mine, it says hundred, hundred, hundred because I don't go through them at all. (laughs) So I literally look to see if you. I literally (laughs) looked to I checked to see if you had wrote wrote me back. And when you did, I sat down and I was like, all right, how are we going to break to her that we want to start a YouTube channel with her? <laughs> hey, it worked. However it happened, it worked. And I was so happy you did. I'm, I'm looking forward to to what what I think we can create together. We're going really to create think it's an be. amazing channel. So I think so. There's the teaser right there. It's going to happen and it's going to blow up. And I'm excited about working with you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you Likewise. so much for being on Chilling with Ice today on my podcast. I so enjoyed it. My pleasure. And my pleasure. There, I mean, I didn't, I barely touched on half of what I wanted to talk about, but I knew the time was just going to fly, you know, and it was just going to be amazing. <laughs> I, I have a, I, I have a, a problem. Once I start talking, I don't stop. <laughs> That's what I love about so, you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you I again. About, I talk about anything for 20 minutes if you let me. I know. I see it. I love it. (laughs) All right. So tell people where they can find you and what your YouTube channel is. Yeah, literally both Instagram and YouTube is the only place. And it's just Maven, Maven K Huffman on both. Go check them out. Subscribe. And and, uh, yeah, we we put out new videos every Friday at 12. And and we do, you know, uh, we try to do a live once a month where I answer questions and stuff and just having fun. Just having fun. Don't know where it's going, but I'm, I'm here 
for the ride. That's a journey of it, and that's the fun part. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Maven. And I will obviously talk to you very, very soon off the air. And thank you, everyone, for listening to Chillin' with Ice. And absolutely stay tuned. Next week, I've got an amazing guest. And I'm going to tell you right now, his name is Mr. Tom Arnold. He's going to be on Chillin' with Ice. Super excited about that. And please do me a favor, everyone. I need you to go to Apple where you listen to your podcast and give me a five-star rating <laughs> on this podcast because I am now with uh, a network called Cloud 10 and I absolutely love my new home and we're going forward. And so anybody, I know a lot of people out there, you know, when it hits, you know this, Maven, basically when somebody watches something, it's like, oh, just hit, hit it, just subscribe, yeah. hit, you know, give me a rating. And Absolutely. so it's, it's like, and if they don't do it, you just got to ask for it. So I'm asking for it. So Absolutely. there you go. No shame. No shame. It's all about that business. And the algorithm for however it works, it actually does make a difference. Literally, it, it makes it a difference. Mm -hmm. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to Chillin' with Ice. This is where legends live on and peace out, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to Chillin' with Ice. And don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe and share wherever you listen to your podcast. Remember to follow us on Patreon and YouTube at Chillin' with Ice. And on Instagram and TikTok, you can follow me at lori.ice.fetrick. I look forward to chilling with you next time here on Chillin' with Ice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.